What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nerd Nostalgia Podcast, the podcast where we bring you some nerd news, some nerd reviews, and just talk nerdy to you, baby. The podcast where we talk about anything and everything in the nerd universe, in the zeitgeist. It's me, your main host, Irvin, bringing to you another episode of Nerd Nostalgia Podcast. And in this episode, you and I will be chatting about some disappointing new shows that are on Netflix that you could avoid. We're going to talk about some meh shows and some great new shows. So sit down, grab a brew, crack it open, relax, enjoy this episode. Oh, before that, though, please head over to Apple Podcasts, drop that five-star, tell your friends, family, and coworkers about us. Help us grow this audience. Y'all know the drill. Before we get started, here's a quick clip for you to enjoy. I'm Miho Nishizumi, and this is Nerd Nostalgia Podcast. And thanks for stopping by. Panzer Vor! Hey, hey, welcome back, all of my nostalgites, all my nerdy friends, to another episode of Nerd Nostalgia Podcast. As you heard in the intro, you heard my lovely voice. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. I'm going to spare you all my voice. I don't think I have a good singing voice. Anyways, I digress. Like I said, we are going to be chatting today about disappointing new shows, disappointing new movies, kind of all mixed in, stuff that we've seen on Netflix. Now, because Netflix has such a large, large, large library, they are the McDonald's of streaming services, right? They were number one in the game. They just have a plethora of things. And now that they're feeling a little bit of heat from their competition, they're just kind of grabbing whatever they can as far as IP is concerned. So any intellectual property that's out there, they're just picking it up and scooping it up on the cheap, new shows, new ideas, all that kind of stuff. And we'll kind of get into that a little bit here because they really are across the board, which is a great step that they need to take. They realized that they needed their own avenue, their own Netflix originals. That's why you see those happening all the time now because all these other platforms like Disney+, Plus, HBO Max, they either partnered with other companies or have their own IP to be able to sustain their own platforms. So making it very, very competitive for Netflix. I mean, everybody remembers the Netflix ordeal where they lost friends. People love friends. It's now on HBO Max. I've actually been binging it the last couple days because whenever I need something in the background, I'll throw on friends. It's a funny show. I don't need a lot of mental capacity to keep up with it. I've already seen it probably multiple times. So it's an easy watch. Another show that's like that is going to be Scrubs, The New Girl, how I Met Your Mother, all within the same category. I'm sure there's other out there that may be similar for your viewing and listening purposes as well. So how is this going to work today? How is this episode going to work? We've ne- I've never really done this before as far as a show is concerned, as far as a topic is concerned. We've kind of discussed some things in the past, but what I'm thinking this time around, what we're going to do is we'll have five to seven different shows per category. Disappointing shows, meh shows, and then of course great new watches, great new shows, or movies, short films, whatever the case may be. So what I'll do is I'll give a quick description of each one, what's wrong with it, or what I like about it, or if it just kind of lies in the middle right there, because that's what the meh category is. And then ultimately let you, my nostalgites, my nerdy ones, the nerdy ones, the chosen ones, my nerd migos, I'm going to let y'all decide 
if you want to watch it or not, right? I'm going to give you the tools, give you the resources, let you do your own judging in your mind. So without further ado, six shows to avoid. Now, this is a Netflix original that recently popped up and I actually did completely avoid watching this. I knew it was going to be a train wreck. I saw the preview. You can go watch the preview on Netflix. You know how they'll let you do the trailer or whatever, the 20 second clip, whatever the case may be, before actually watching it. So the show is called Awake. It debuted in 2021. It's got a runtime of one hour, 36 minutes. This is the synopsis or the plot breakdown or the preview, I guess, if you will. Global hysteria ensues after a mysterious catastrophe wipes out all electronics and takes away humanity's ability to sleep. Scientists race against the clock to find a cure for the unexplained insomnia before its fatal effects eliminate the human race. When Jill, a former soldier, discovers her young daughter may be the key to salvation, she must decide whether to protect her children at all costs or sacrifice everything to save the world. What a stupid fucking plot. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. The director was Mark Razzo, story by Gregory Poirier, Screenplay by Mark Razzo and Gregory Poirier, producers Paul Schiff and Matt Jackson. Absolutely don't know who any of those people are. Granted, it's me. I never know who anybody is. The current ratings are a 4.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 28% out of 100 on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 35% Metacritic score, with only 55% of Google users liking this. Even bad shows that are considered good rate way higher than this they're usually in that 5.5 to 6 category where this is sitting at a 4.8 on imdb so that should tell you enough i actually had a friend shout out lawrence uh, out in marfa texas happy birthday if you're listening to this i know your birthday's right around the corner so happy birthday i hope you have a wonderful wonderful birthday and a wonderful weekend my friend he actually gave us a killer review in a group chat that i'm in and i knew right off the rip that it was not going to be good at the end he was like you can watch it and waste your time, or go and live your life. So, let's go with that. Do not watch it. Avoid it at all costs. Alright, so, moving on to number two of disappointing shows you should avoid. Super Me. So, speaking of staying awake, we have a Chinese film. Notice how we talked about earlier Netflix trying to acquire different properties. So, this is a Chinese film that was, it's a Chinese fantasy film that was acquired by Netflix. So, the plot is, saying you is so exhausted from trying to stay awake, boom, boom, awake. See? You see how I connected that there? Anyways, every time he closes his eyes, a demon chases and kills him in his dreams. Dun, dun, dun. One night, Sang realizes he has a special power. He can bring treasures from his dreams into reality. Almost overnight, he becomes a rich man. But his wealth also attracts the attention of a ruthless gangster. Yeah, so it's a difficult film to watch. I probably watched the first 15 to 20 minutes of it, and I usually don't start a film and not finish it, but this was a special occasion. I I could not. I did not. I think I went in expecting something completely different than what it was, and so it, it just kind of turned me off from it. So after the first 15, 20 minutes, I couldn't stand it. The character right off the rip, you just don't like. I personally didn't like him. You're just like, he's a whiny little bitch and I hate whiny little bitches. So I think that was a big factor. But I digress. 
It's currently sitting at a 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb with a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes and only 80% of Google users liking this. So, like I mentioned before, the good shows, the bad shows that are still considered good sit at that 6 and above higher rating on IMDb and definitely above 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's at least, I would say, a 58% if not higher. And the reason I'm giving you these scores is because while I don't actually pay attention to them, it's good to know them just so you can see where everybody else is and where they kind of lie and you can make your own judgments based off of that. So again, you have the resources. It's another movie to avoid. And so next up, we have a movie called The Stand-In. It's a 2020 film. It's a romantic comedy. It was directed by Jamie Babbitt, rhymes with rabbit, written by Sam Bain, rhymes with Kane, and starring Drew Barrymore, rhymes with Fairymore? Very, I don't know, <laughs> Michael Zegan, TJ Miller, and Holland Taylor. So this was released back in December of 2020. It came, I saw it in 2021 uh, recently. The plot is basically actress Candy Black, which is played by Drew Barrymore, starred in a just long list of blockbuster movies. She was an A-lister. Uh, comedies, however, they were all kind of the same thing. They revolved a scene, revolved around a scene where she kind of falls and exclaims a very famous catchphrase in this you know universe in this movie, hit me where it hurts. So while it wasn't funny, she didn't think it was funny. Anyways, whatever. So she develops this kind of serious problem with drugs, anger management as time progresses because she keeps doing the same thing. People keep laughing. She doesn't find it funny, etc. So she becomes extremely difficult to work with, so much so that she has a meltdown on set. She decides to go to her trailer, her stand-in, which looks just like her because it's played by Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore herself, goes in, convinces her, hey, go back and do it. They're considering replacing you because you're so hard to work with, blah, blah, blah. Well, it turns out that somebody actually, in one of the scenes, breaks a bottle over her head, but it was a real bottle versus a fake one. So she loses her shit, hits this actress that hit her. The actress is apologizing but the camera crew was still filming, and so they record everything. And so then that makes it to main medium, and then boom, she falls out. A very RDJ, Robert Downey Jr. type of situation, right? The main points from the rest of the plot are going to be she ends up getting contacted by Drew Barrymore about five years later to make appearances and kind of like restart her career, but Drew Barrymore, the actual actress, does not want to go and do that. So she has a stand-in stand-in for her, including going to rehab, then there's a love interest. Well, that love interest kind of falls for the stand-in. Then the career kind of goes from there. And so it's it's a whole, it's supposed to be like a romantic comedy type of situation. I personally couldn't get past the first 30, 40 minutes of it, basically up to the rehab point. Like it's just such a slow start. I think after that, it's going to build up, but it just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't my cup of tea. So I stopped watching it. So, currently on IMDb, it's sitting at a 4.6 out of 10 and a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, you know those two scores right there. It's going to tell you that it's not a good movie to watch. Again, I'm glad that I didn't finish it. That's two movies that just have been so awful that I could not stand to finish them. When normally, if I start a movie or a show, I usually finish it all the way through. The case was not, This was not the case here. I, I, I just could not. Again... That's how bad these shows are. Avoid it. You're welcome. Continuing on down this negative path, 
Let's go with a bad trip. Huh? That's actually the name of the title of the show. It's called Bad Trip. It's, it's technically a mockumentary, a movie. I don't know. I guess it's its own com- like its own thing. So basically what it is, it's it's supposed to be a comedy drama, which that's kind of weird for me. Essentially, it's hidden cameras basically capture two best friends pulling hilarious and inventive pranks on unsuspecting public while there's also a narrative on there which is strange. You've never seen that before. So it's, it's interesting in that regard. I will say, you know, kudos to them because it's interesting for that reason. And I may be biased. I actually just don't like the comedy of one of the actors, the main actor himself, which is Eric Andre. He's uh, actually starring alongside uh, two very famous comedians as well. Uh, two very funny people, Tiffany Haddish, Haddish, I don't know, uh, Haddish, I think is how you say it. Anyways, and then Lil Ray uh, Howery. So this movie, I was actually able to finish all the way through, even though I didn't want to. It's just, it was just dumb. I, I would put it in the category of like that Borat-esque type of movie. It's actually exactly what that is now that I think about it, but not as funny. I don't know. It just, it just didn't do it for me. However, it's sitting a little bit higher on the scales than the other movies that we just recently discussed. So it's going to be a 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb, a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes, and then a 61% Metacritic with an 85% Google users actually saying they like the film or thumbs upping it, whatever. I personally would avoid it. Somebody had recommended it to me. I watched it because of that. Disappointed. I, I just did not enjoy it. Again, I think I'm biased, though, just because I just don't like that character, Eric Andre. He has a couple funny skits out there, a couple funny moments, but for the most part, I just, I don't relate to his humor. Okay, so now that we've knocked out those first four movies, those are all live-action movies, right? We're going to go on and switch gears a little bit, and we're going to go and talk about two shows that are on Netflix that are actually anime. And so, the first one is going to be The Way of the Household. This show is basically centered around a retired gangster who ends up spending most of his time as like a high house husband, a household husband, and carrying just like different random chores. But as he's carrying the chores, some of his past gets in the way of it, right? He's like a retired Yakuza. He runs into his old, you know, number two. Uh, he's down on the ropes and like they get into trouble and that kind of stuff ensues, right? And he beats them and like he was like a terrifying character and all this kind of stuff. I actually didn't get more than four or five episodes just because it got a little repetitive for me. And I didn't find it funny. But it seems that people actually like this a little bit better. It's sitting at a 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb and a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. So while I personally did not like it, it looks like that most people actually do care enough to watch it. So this could be a show you could, you know, take it or leave it. I personally did not like it. Maybe this is your cup of tea. Maybe this is your type of humor. Maybe this is your type of anime. Give it a go. I personally tried. Wasn't for me. All right. And so moving on, we have the final show that is disappointing. And so this one, actually, I saved for last because for me, it was the biggest disappointment because I had such high hopes for it. Such high hopes. So the name of the show is called Yasuke. It's an anime. It's a Netflix original. It debuted in 2021. It's basically set in feudal Japan. It's based around a a man of history. So Yasuke was an African who lived in Japan during feudal China and served as a Kashin. Kashin? Kashin? I, I would assume it's Kashin. 
I would have, I've watched enough Japanese anime to know that, Irvin. Come on, you're better than that. Uh, under the Japanese Daimyo Oda Nobunaga, 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 Nobunaga. <laughs> Sorry, I can't pronounce. Uh, it's it's difficult to pronounce it. So, in 1579, Yasuke arrived in Japan in the service of Italian Jesuit missionary Alessandro Valignano. Visitor of missions in the Indies and India, Yasuke was one of the several Africans to have come with the Portuguese to Japan during the Nanban trade and is thought by some to have been the first African that Nabunya had ever seen. He was also present during the Honoji incident, the forced suicide of Nobunaga at the hands of his general Akeshi Mitsuhide on June 21st, 1582. So, this, this anime was based on this character, Yasuke, who was a black samurai. Not a lot of people know about this, but he was a very renowned swordsman, obviously, you know, probably sitting at six foot or taller. He would have been one of the the first black people that any Japanese people had ever seen, especially a Japanese emperor who, you know, they live in their in their own bubbles. So yeah, he ends up serving under this character. Well, this story is based in feudal Japan. It's about a samurai warrior of African descent who must return to his life of the sword after he had given it away. He had, you know, said no more after wars and blah, blah, blah. And so he must return to sword and violence in order to protect a mysterious girl from dark forces. This show had so much potential. So much potential. And it, it, it actually didn't do too bad. It sits at a 6.3 out of 10 and 92% on Rotten Tomatoes with 77% of uh, users actually liking this. Me not being one of them. 77% of Google users, that is. I... I only didn't like it because it had so much going on. There was like wizards, there was magic, there was samurai fighting, there was like vampires, there was werewolves, like it just, there was a lot. And so I think that was part of the problem. I think whoever the writers, creators, whatever, maybe they got too ambitious. And so it was just a lot to take in and it it just didn't, it didn't sit well with me. On top of that, it didn't give the, uh, I, I, I wanted more from the main character. I wanted more history on him and it didn't really give you that. And so, you know, this being based on actual history, I thought, I thought it had such high potential. So that's my only qualm with it. It kind of sits in that meh category, which is why I left it at number six. It was also the most disappointing for me. So on that note, let's switch over and talk about some meh kind of shows that popped up now with these i'm not going to go as in depth just because number one timing number two there's really no point because i could go and sway for you know what i liked about it what i didn't like about it and we could be here for hours upon hours and i want to deliver this information to you as quickly as possible as efficiently as possible right so that being said continuing on with the anime train here we have something called the record of ragnarok this is an anime that just recently released on Netflix on June 17th, 2021. It's a Japanese manga that was written into and adapted by Netflix as an anime. And so the plot is basically every thousand years, every millennia or so, right? The God's Council assembles to decide the fate of humanity. After seven million years of, of human history, the gods come to the decision that humans suck ass, which sometimes we do and are irredeemable and just should go extinct. 
However, Valkyrie Brunhilde proposes to give humanity one last chance to prove their worth, and the gods agree to hold the Battle of Ragnarok, a tournament with 13 notable humans from across history against 13 of the most powerful gods engaging in duels to death. To the death. Humanity will be spared if their side achieves seven victories in the competition. To even the odds, each human is granted the assistance of a Valkyrie who transforms into a powerful weapon tailored for their user's combat style called Volund, at the risk of losing her life if the user is killed. So this had such high potential, and it actually, it's it's kind of meh just because it starts off really just wah. And then it gets better as time progresses, and I guess maybe a little bit better character development as time goes on. So you have crazy characters like Adam, you know, the first human. You have Zeus. You have Thor. Characters like Lubu, who is a military general uh, warlord from the Eastern Han Dynasty, from Imperial China. So it has a lot of these historical factors, and it makes it really cool. But the pacing for me just doesn't do it. It leaves me wanting kind of the way that Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Suster, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super have those fluffer episodes. It just leaves you wanting more. The action isn't quite there. It's not like a Baki or a Kengen, Kengen Ashura, Kenjin Ashura, you know, Fist of the North Star. That's what I was thinking. It was going to be a little bit more action, but it, it's not quite there. And it does have some cool scenes and some, you know, cool backstory, but it just takes a little bit too long to develop for my taste. But it's a meh. You could you could probably watch it and enjoy it, but uh, I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it if I was you. Moving on to another show that's kind of just meh. We have a show on Netflix called Eden. It just debuted recently. Um, it's, it's basically based in the future. Uh, there's two farming robots accidentally awaken a human baby from stasis and then decide to raise her in secret on their own. And obviously, you know, there's a big bad robot that knows that humans are terrible. Uh, robots still have to listen to human commands. And it's really interesting. Like, there's there's a vibe that I get, the Wally kind of vibe, you know, set in the future, robots... And the reason this show is just kind of meh for me, there's only four episodes and it's a little too kiddish. So if you do have kids, this would be perfect. I would say this is perfect for kids all the way up to age 10. I mean, really anybody can watch it, right? But any kid up to age 10 would, would I think, enjoy this. It's funny when I record these things sometimes, I notice that, 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 that I'll repeat myself like that, especially on the back end of editing, which is funny. So... I will try to avoid that and watch how I speak to you guys in a calmer, more cooler type of voice. No, just kidding. I'm just going to do my regular voice and then in the post edit it. But I will make an, imp- oh, will make an effort to, to improve. So the show was pretty good. I enjoyed it. it. It kind of just sits in that meh. I, I did it again if you noticed. Again, it just sits there in that kind of meh state. It didn't really sway me one way or the other. Obviously, it's sitting at a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb and 70% it seems that other users are sitting in that same area where I am as well. I'd be curious to see if they're going to do an episode, or season two rather than episode two. A season two, especially since it's only four episodes. All right, moving on to some live action movies, or movies shows. So we'll do do the show first. We have one called Jupiter's Legacy. And this one kind of has me torn because it, it has such a slow start that it, it just turned me off at that point. And the modern story 
I didn't like as much as the history story in this show. So Jupiter's Legacy is actually a live action superhero show. It's based on a comic book written by the very famous author Mark Miller and Frank Quitely. And I remember hearing about this being announced a while back so much so that I picked up one of the trades and a few of the the raw copies because I thought it was such an interesting concept, right? The show is mainly about, you know, superpowered children of new superheroes and like the struggle to live up to like their parents' legendary feats and just like their parents' expectations, which, you know, can make very relatable things for people. I think that's a very relatable topic. A lot of people in the world feel like, you know, they don't live up to their parents' expectations, whether their parent was a doctor and, you know, the kid is a artist or something like, and not saying that, that that's a standard, just that is something that is out there, right? That sometimes parents hold their kids in such high standards and they want them to be doctors and lawyers. And if you're not anything but that, then it's a failure. So I felt like this was something that could be relatable to people and they didn't quite touch on that in the show. And so that's one of my meh reasons. And another reason is, you know, it had such a strong cast. You know, you had Josh Duhamel, Ben Daniels, Leslie Bibb, Elena Comparis, Andrew Horton, Mike Wade, and Matt Lanter. Matt Lanter, sorry. And they didn't do anything with them, you know, especially Josh Duhamel. My boy got jacked for this at the when, when the show ultimately got canceled, spoiler warning. Uh, technically not canceled, more like put on hold. I think Netflix realizes they have something here, but they'd rather invest in another property that they think is going to be a better hit, which don't quote me is going to be super crooks. So yeah, there's a lot of other shows out there that you can watch that are worse off. Obviously, I listed at least six before this. This one is is good. It's not it's it's not good. It's not bad. Again, it just kind of sits in that middle territory, in that meh territory. So if anything I had to compare it to, it would be a better, more violent CW show. I think had they done one timeline, the past and just showcased all of that and then led up to the future with like the final two, three episodes leading up to future events and then that could have built up for season two, I think that would have been better received. The comic book and the trade paperback that I picked up, man, it has me hooked. I need to find the rest of the volumes because as it turns out, I only picked up one volume, which annoyed me. I thought it was the entirety of it, but it wasn't. So I have to go find those ones. Hopefully, I think Atomic Monkey Comics is having a sale 50% off, so hopefully I can go find the rest uh, out at uh, his store. Anyways, shout out Atomic Monkey Comics. Moving on, this this last movie that I'm adding in the meh category here, it's called Blue Miracle. It stars Dennis Quaid as Wade. (laughs) Quaid, Wade, Quaid, Wade, it rhymes. But yeah, this story is basically, it's about an orphanage in Cabo, Mexico, Uh, To save their cash-strapped orphanage, a guardian and his kids partner with a washed-up boat captain. I I don't know why I'm talking like that. So, basically, an orphanage has to enter into this competition to uh, this fishing competition, this deep-sea fishing, which Cabo is known for great deep-sea fishing. I've actually been. I didn't do much fishing as I was throwing up because I drank until four in the morning the night before and had to be on the boat by five in the morning. So I was not feeling well. I did provide chum though. So that was nice. Um, God, that was an experience. I was, was at a bachelor party years ago and just drank till my heart's past its content. 
and uh, my buddy literally forced me to come on the boat because I had already paid for it, and uh, I just had a horrible time. There's pictures of it. But yeah, this is actually based on a true story, and so this is what only saves this for me. Uh, it sits at a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb with a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes, 48% Metacritic, and an 85%. It's a feel-good movie, but it's lacking a couple things. There's a lot of kid actors that aren't great actors. Uh, they just don't deliver for, for me. And then it just has, it's missing something. I don't know what the quality is, but it's missing something. It does make you feel good at the end of the movie. So that I will say, especially the fact that it's based on a true story. Please look into the orphanage itself. I believe at the end of the movie, you can find out what the orphanage is and, you know, donate to them and that kind of stuff. Cause they basically just go around Cabo. Anybody who, any kid who doesn't have a home, parents, that kind of stuff, they take them in and, you know, feed them and, you know, school them and that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, it's just, they overdo it, these kids. And, you know, they, they say way a lot and like, just, I don't know, these little minor details. And so I just, it just wasn't for me. Um, I did feel good at the end of it. Cause you know, it's, uh, it's a feel good movie and without giving anything away, it, you feel good at the end, but that's it for those. That's it for the mech category. Finally, we're going to go to and Spitfire, Spitfire round, hot round, quick round, fire round, guys. Discuss some shows and movies that are absolutely wonderful. I want you to grab a pen and write these down because these I do want you to watch. And they're absolutely wonderful, okay? I'm going to spit through them real quick. I'm not going to discuss what they are in depth just because that's going to take way too much time. And we're right at that 30-minute mark, which is, I feel, the... Uh, the sweet spot for podcasts is between 30 minutes to 45 minutes. Uh, anything beyond that, I think, is just a bit too much. But that's just my personal opinion. There's some that go on for hours and hours and people like it. 30 to 45 minutes, I feel like, is a perfect spot. You can listen to it. You can get your, you know, whatever thing you need done. So, anyways, I digress. Back to this. Okay, so there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven shows that I recommend you watch, okay? Number one is going to be called A Silent Voice. Number two is Wish Dragon. And mind you, this is in no order, okay? This is just random stuff that I was like, oh yeah, that was good, oh yeah, that was good. Number three is going to be Flipped. Number four is going to be Sweet Tooth. Number five is going to be Working Moms up to its fifth season. So you would have a good amount of stuff to watch there and all the seasons are great. This last one was particularly good. Two Hearts, Love, Death, Robot Season 2. So you get two seasons in that. They're a bunch of shorts. So those are the seven, okay? So write those down. I'll, I'll run through them again for you. A Silent Voice, Wish Dragon, Flipped, Sweet Tooth, Working Mom, Working Moms, sorry, Two Hearts, Love, Death, Robots. Actually, I think it's Love, Death, and Robots, but I just wrote Love, Death, Robots. So starting with A Silent Voice, it's an anime movie, um... It's about a hearing impaired girl that gets bullied mercilessly. They give you a Ross and Rachel theme. They touch on a lot of different topics. So bullying, they touch on suicide and, you know, redemption, obviously. So it's a feel good movie. It's rated an 8.2 out of 10 on IMDb, a 9 out of 10 on my anime list and a 94 point, 94 percent on Rotten Tomatoes with 97 percent of Google users liking it including myself so go check it out it's a great movie great for kids 
I would say anywhere between the 11 to 15 year age range and up just because it does deal with a lot of these heavier topics, you know, bullying, suicide, things of that nature. Love, love interest is also there. Continuing on with a little bit of animation here, we have Wish Dragon. So this is just a fun movie. It's very, you know, Pixar, Disney. So I'll I'll give you the ratings. It's at a 7.2 out of 10. 68% on Rotten Tomatoes, 60% Metacritic, and 87% of users liking it. So, determined teen Din is longing to reconnect with his childhood best friend when he meets a wish-granting dragon that shows him the magic of possibilities. So, it's kind of a uh, Aladdin-esque movie, kind of a rip on it, except through a Asian flair to the movie. Um... I liked it. I really did enjoy it. It's a fun movie. It's, you know, it doesn't get you thinking about anything. And at the end of it, you are going to feel good throughout the movie. So it's, it's fine. It's a fun movie. Give it a go. Next up is going to be a movie called Flipped. This is a live action movie. It's based, it's, it's a timepiece, I guess. It's based in like the 50s, 60s, if I remember correctly. Uh, currently sitting at a 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb, 54% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 45% Metacritic, with a 90% of users liking this on Google, including myself. And so, this is the story of two kids. It's a love story. It's a Ross and Rachel effect, as I like to call it. You know, it's that unrequited love, unrequited that unrequited love, requited love, coming of age story. And so, it's about two kids. It's their story. It tells a story through their own voices in their heads. And I think that was, I think, the biggest piece that I enjoyed the most. It's a feel-good movie. Watch it. Give it a go. I think this is good for any kid that's, you know, all the way up to about their age, which I think they end up in, like, sixth grade. Um, So I'd say any kid up to about age 11, 12, somewhere in that range. I think it makes it very relatable. And for adults, you know, you having lived this or a version of it makes it very relatable as well and fun at that point. All right, and next up, we have sitting at an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 95% of Google users, including myself, liking this show. We have Sweet Tooth, which is based on a comic book series, an indie comic book series at that. It's not your regular Marvel, you know... um, Disney, it's not your regular DC, um, WB type of stuff, right? So this tells the perilous adventure of a post-apocalyptic world where a boy who's half human and half deer searches for new beginnings with a protector and friends along the way. So it's very similar to our current or our last year's current environment with a virus that spreads and then from this virus hybrids are born half humans half animals but there's more to it than just that and so it's about the story of nonzo anonzi aka tommy jeopard and our main actor christian convery aka gus sweet tooth as you will come to know taking on the world i won't go into further detail about it because i'll probably do a more elaborate discussion on the show because it is absolutely phenomenal give it a go it's one fun to- no actually no that's it we're, we're gonna stop there I'm going to make you go watch it, and then we'll review it together later on. Okay, moving on. We have Working Moms Season 5. Give that show a go. I'm not going to go into details. We're running past the time here. We're at 35 minutes. So if I keep going at this rate, we're just going to go. So Working Moms, it's self-explanatory. It's a show about 
moms in a working environment. They have kids. They have to cope with what they're doing. And so balancing careers, balancing their kids, balancing their love life. They go through affairs. They go through boobies. They go through, you know, all kinds of things. So it's it's a funny show. It's a comedy. Give it a go. I really enjoy it. Two Hearts is a tragic movie. I don't think this one's going to be rated as high. I'd be curious to look it up. I'm not going to. It tells you two stories, two love stories, and they connect at the very end, and uh, you'll feel pretty sad at it. Don't have drank the previous day or drank the day of because you will fucking cry. You might still cry. Give it a go. Two hearts. Great, great movie. I enjoyed it. Finally, Love, Death, Robot. Love, Death, and Robot Season 2. Enjoyed this show. It's, you know, 20-minute clips of shows, and yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. I am done with everything here. I'm running through it. I ran out of time. I had to do this this morning. So brought to you by the freshest stuff. I should have just gone live and done it, but it would have taken me significantly longer. But anyways, I digress. Thank you guys for joining me today. Please head over to Apple Podcasts. Drop that five-star. Tell your friends, family, and coworkers about it. I want to grow this audience. Help me grow this audience. Share this on social media. Chat with me on social media. I love chatting with you guys. I post stuff all the time. I post news. I post reviews. All that jazz. But that's going to be it, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day and rest of your week. And remember, stay nerdy, my friends.